Welcome to God Pods, Faith Conversations from Boston College's Church in the 21st Century Center. Welcome to God Pods. I'm Karen Kiefer. During today's episode, we'll explore ways to find God working in our imagination and in our gifts. And we have the perfect conversation partner, Paul Reynolds. Paul is a Boston College alum and he is CEO and co-founder of FableVision. So what is FableVision? It's a Boston-based company that creates and distributes original educational media, mobile games, and apps designed to move the world to a better place. And don't you just love that? Paul also oversees Reynolds Center for Teaching, Learning, and Creativity. That's Reynolds TLC. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to fostering purposeful, creative human potential around the globe. All good. Paul is also an award-winning children's book author, creating stories about creativity and innovation. His book, Going Places, which was illustrated by his twin brother, Peter Reynolds, recently won the Library of Congress Mass Book Award for Best Picture Book of the Year. This creative duo, Paul and Peter Reynolds, use their gifts to educate and inspire, and our world benefits. Paul also has been teaching creative media production and digital storytelling at Boston College for over 20 years. Paul Reynolds, welcome to God Pods. So great to have you here. Awesome, thanks Thanks for having me, Karen. This is um, a, a privilege and an honor to, to connect with you today. Well, you know, when our team here at the C21 Center thought that we wanted to produce a, a God pod that would help enlarge like our Catholic imagination and help people become more sensitive to the way that God moves through us in stories. I thought of you right away. And um, not only because you're my BC classmate and, and I know you're, you were raised in a, in a large Catholic family, but you also happen to be one of the most creative people I know. And we just thought, gosh, this would be so fun to explore with you how you see God working in your imagination and knowing that you're, the business that you co-founded with Peter, who's your twin brother, kind of defines creativity at work and offers a, a real new dimension, I think, to storytelling. And uh, so, again, so happy to have you here. Um, I'm wondering, can we go back in time? Um, to the Reynolds household and, and when both you and your twin Peter were young and maybe you could share some glimpses of seeing kind of God working in your creative gifts. Sure. Uh, yeah, well, th- thanks, thanks again for um, you know, carving out time and, and giving me an opportunity to share with you and all the, all the listeners. Um, it's it is exciting to have, um, you know, launched launched a creative journey and stuck with it. And I think, you know, if if anything, Peter and I prove that um, that if you you are stay committed to your mission um, and use your creativity, you can make a difference. And um, that you know, it's not always it's not always easy to stay committed to that. To that path, but I guarantee anybody in the audience who's listening and needs a little bit of inspiration to stay with their to stay with their mission and to discern their gifts, talents, strengths, and their creativity. 
um, it is worth it because it's it's fuel for the journey when you see what see what can happen. But winding winding way back, it is pretty cool that Peter and I, um, well, we were born twins. I mean, if you want to wind it all the way back, um, you know, we were we were surprised by my mother, who uh, thought she was only having one baby. We were up in she was up in Toronto, and um, she got the news that. Uh, the following month, she was not going to have one baby. She was going to have two babies, and uh, she thought that was pretty funny. So she went, she she went home to celebrate her birthday that night on March fifteenth, and um, she laughed so hard. You know what happened? She went into labor. Oh. We were <laughs> Peter and I were born very early the next morning. On the God March, of surprises. March sixteenth, exactly. So, um, God of surprises. That was a big surprise. Whoa. You know, there were you know ultimately five kids in the family, and um, you know it's I think it's great to be in a big family. Um, you know, it's noisy, it's messy, and but uh, having the twin relationship for sure was really, really different, and and it was a blessing. Um, if you're on a creative journey, it is awesome. It is awesome to have a <laughs> to to have a twin, and we we will often. Um, you know, mention that when we're speaking to people. If you don't, if you don't have a twin, we highly recommend getting one. And um, you know, we're only half joking when we say that because I think if you can find somebody to to share your journey with and um, who will give you the courage to keep pursuing your vision, um, it is really, really helpful. So, so we were we were born together um, and journeyed together in in our house. Um, it was filled with. Um, all the supplies that we needed um, to to draw and create. It was a real creation household. And uh, ironically, my parents were in in positions of finance, bookkeeping. You wouldn't think immediately, oh, they're they're the creative mentors. Um, but they they loved they loved reading, and they my father was building bookshelves, and my mother was buying books, and Peter and I were creating. Um, we launched our first newspaper in second grade, and um, and I think that was sort of one of the early sparks that I remember of of creating with Peter, you know, writing and drawing together, and producing an artifact together that we then published because we would hand the our little newspaper to my dad who would go off to the office and he would he would photocopy the newspaper for us. And he would bring it home, and we'd pop open his briefcase, and there there was not just one copy of the newspaper, but but multiple. Aww. And there was something about that creating and publishing to to create and share, which was really baked into you know what our you know our sense of the world was, and what what brought us joy. So so that's sort of a you know a little little snapshot of. Um, uh, you know how we began, and um, it was just a very natural, you know, climate climate of creativity in our house. I hope that um, for the parents that are listening too, it's 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 a busy world. We live in an age of distraction, and just to think about the downtime and the things that you, we can give our children that they can make something out of nothing, and mm-hmm. it really. Those moments, those times are are so defining. They are, and they're also, I think, in jeopardy right now because 
we live in an age when uh, we are we are surrounded by screens, and we we see far too many kids consuming and not given the opportunity to create, and it is it's addicting, you know, for 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 the distracted parents and and for kids who delight in screens that light up and they can interact with, um, and, you know, it's not bad in and of itself, but if that truly is the, you know, the driving force and the focus, um, and you, you eliminate the time for creation, I think that that's actually a, a, a pretty frightening thing, and it's a great social experiment that's happening right now that we've just seen unleash over the last 10 years, so I you know, that would be my message to um, at least for, you know, parents listening, um, grandparents, aunt, uncle, caring adults, uh, just take a look and see wh- what's the mix of your kids' um, you know, consumption versus creation. Do they have enough opportunities to create? Mm. Um, and, it can be, and it can be creating with technology, like my own kids. They were, you know, I had three boys. Uh, who are nine, now 19, 24, 26. And they grew up in that age where uh, digital video games first first came on the scene. And uh, as much as I loved them, um, I reminded them, uh, it, as fun as it is to, to play a game, it's much cooler to create a game. And we were working with MIT Media Lab. We brought home MIT Media Lab's Scratch programming uh, platform, and they ended up um, creating a little mini studio, um, similar to how Pete and I, you know, collaborated in the early days, and they created their own animated video games. And my son Ben ended up going to MIT, graduated twice in computer science, and he he looks back as at that moment using Scratch and and in that creative climate um, as truly formative in his journey to to get to where where he is today. I'm a big believer that um, our creative gifts can draw us closer to God and and really kind of see, as I mentioned, God moving in us and and in our own lives. And um, knowing you from uh, our BC days, um, it seemed like you, even back then in college, found a way to um, use your gifts and your imagination to make faith more accessible because I know or I remember you went to go work at Catholic TV mm-hmm. um, as, a, yeah. as an intern, right, Paul? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, for, for me, um, you know, people say, oh, well, when did you get interested in you know, media and storytelling? And um, it's, it actually has always been a part of my life. It's been an organic part of who, who I am. And I was very drawn um, to the notion of BC uh, to, you know, Ignatian theology that actually asks us to discern our gifts, talents, and strengths. And that certainly for me was, you know, gifts, talents, strengths was definitely in that that the the storytelling, media, um, creative messaging. And it seemed like a very obvious step for me to connect the dots between the things that I was interested. Um, including my faith, because uh, my Catholic uh, faith tradition is very important to me and our family. 
And I thought, wouldn't it be terrific to uh, pursue that? And I heard about Boston Catholic Television, and I interned there for two semesters and uh, was hired immediately, immediately after. And I, I w- it, was, um, um, it was a time when uh, I was really seriously even considering potentially a vocation of priesthood. And, um, and I, I actually started exploring um, advanced degrees in theology. Uh, sadly, sadly, it was that moment in time um, in different leadership today than it uh, was back then. Uh, that 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 uh, that desire and that calling wasn't really recognized, and um, and it was not. It actually wasn't a wasn't a terrific um, ending of that chapter, um, and it, it really called me to move on. And moving on, I end up not moving away from the desire to do it, but I just needed. I ended up having to do it in a different different way. So I really stepped off stepped off the obvious path and really, as you said before, you know, what are the defined surprises that are waiting you? Uh, you never know until you turn the corner and there it was. Um, and you know, I ended up building several companies, um, the most recent of which over the last 21 years is Fable Vision. And Fable Vision has really been the home for that, that, uh, that mission to create and share positive, purposeful stories and media and technology that moves the world to a better place. So, you know, you, you can zigzag your way to where you're supposed to be, and zigzagging is absolutely fine. Um, and even if you're feeling like you're not in the right place at a particular time, you, you, I think that is where faith keeps tapping in the shoulder and saying, uh, there is a way forward. Keep going and keep using your creativity to design that, to design, to design that next um, that next opportunity, or just be open, open to the surprises. And you know, it, it it comes with a lot of risk, right? I mean, they say you know, jump and find your wings. But back then, when when both you and Peter started Fable Vision, I mean, that was risky, you know. And to to have grown it to the company it is, and to have inspired so many other people to not only participate in your work but also benefit from your spark is is quite extraordinary and um, I, I, I do think your message and you kind of started out our God pod with it is really if you have the desires and the um, motivation just kind of stick with it and and almost pray your way through it because God's right there with you you know along the way and um, I'm all, also very aware Paul of the importance of the spark for both you and Peter and for Fable Vision. And can you unpack the spark a little bit for us? What is the spark? Yeah, the spark. I, 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 love, I love the word, and we, we do use that word a lot. Um, yeah, I think in education, you know, educators are, you know, our role is to, and parents, uh, you know, caring adults, are looking for that spark that, that um, makes you, you, and it's a spark of your mission, it's a spark of passion, your, your, um, you know, have the alchemy of your gift, talent, strength, and purpose. And, uh, it is, it is a lifelong, it's a lifelong project. And sometimes people can discover that spark early. 
and they're surrounded in you know, they're in the right environment, the right climate, they have the right support system, and people will help um, help you leverage the spark and give you the right you set up the right conditions so that you can go um, go and pursue uh, your dream, your passion, your purpose. And sometimes, um, sometimes we even do it to ourselves. We we feel the spark. We we know what that calling is, um, and we don't listen to it. Mm. And you tuck it away, and you say, "Well, not now. I have to. Um, you know, I have more practical things on my to-do list." And um, fear sometimes shuts us down. Mm. I would say fear is probably the biggest thing that gets in the way. Um, and and why Peter and I talk a lot about. Um, courage and creativity. We we have a T-shirt that I wear a lot when I do when I speak. Um, simply has two words: create bravely. And create bravely for me sums up that idea that we to create to be original to to be true to your to your spark. Um, it really takes a lot of courage. And you have to be brave because there's so many reasons that you could put your pencil down and tuck your dream away into the shoebox and stick it under the bed and say, well, maybe when I retire, maybe, maybe that's when I'll go get back to my, get back to my dream, the real me. And uh, that's a, that's a, that's, that can be a tragic thing because sometimes, um, you know, we don't, we don't know how long we have on this planet. And, you know, God, I think, is whispering to us, uh, be brave. And take that box out and, and get back to the, the you who you really are and be brave enough to make, even if it's just a tiny step, um, take one tiny step today to get closer to, um, to who you are and to, to discern those God-given gifts, talents, and strengths and go and do something with them. Um, you know, what are you waiting for? But, you know, we, we know easier said than done, and I think that's why um, books like Peter's book, The Dot, has resonated so strongly um, around the world. Um, I think International Dot Day now, there's this whole celebration around the the Dot book, um, which I think we just went over 11 million participants, 172 countries. So this is a universal hunger for for purpose and also just to to have the courage to, um, to make your mark, like the little girl in the book. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, for for those uh, that are listening that haven't read the book, The Dot, or your book, Going Places, or The North Star, let's, you know, your storytelling is really about purpose and right. about making a difference. And can right. you share some of the messages from those books? And then I, I really would like to, to, you know, share more about Dot Day and have more of sure. our listeners participate. Yeah, it, um, you know, at the end of the day, we um, story is a key part of our ministry, and we do think of it as as our ministry. That Absolute is, vocation, no right? question. And that is our, um, you know, our calling was to use the power of story to help people to reflect, to help them be inspired, to help them navigate their way forward, and be brave enough to. To, to make their mark in the world. So the books like um, the, the North Star, I think, is one of uh, Peter's most important books. Um, and that really, you know, that is an allegory about, it's an allegory about the, the current educational system and how it doesn't really 
doesn't really pay a lot of attention to to uh, spirit and um, your discerning your gifts, talents, and strengths to find that constellation of of things that make Karen Karen and Paul Paul, and use that map to navigate your way. Um, sometimes out of the swamp when you get stuck, like the little boy in the book gets gets lost and eventually in the swamp because he's following a path that others have have laid out before him and it's not congruent with who he really is until he meets the bird who flies into the sky and as he looks up for the very first time he sees the constellation stretching above him and there is the star Mm. and the star seems to be whispering to him and I I love that line um, that the star was whispering to him and I think that's why I love the word vocation, vocari, the voice Mm -hmm. that we actually have to have that quiet space sometimes to listen to the voice that's calling us sometimes out of dark places, sometimes out of the swamp. Um, and to hear and, God's whisper. Right? It is, right? It is the whisper. And, um, you know, in a really busy, noisy world, um, how often do we, we create the space to, to be able to listen to that? So, <clears throat> so that is one of the important books, for sure. You know, the North Star is all about life navigation and purposeful life navigation. I think the the Going Places, which is a book that I wrote with Peter, um, I was thinking about it as I was, you know, getting ready for this uh, for the podcast, um, and you know, it's uh, it's a story about two two students who are participating in the Going Places contest, and all the kids at school are handed the Going Places kit, uh, which they think all should be a go-kart. And little Maya, across the next-door neighbor to Raphael in the book um, and, and film, um, actually has different ideas. She, she just sits on the, on the kit, and she looks at the world around her to see how things go places. And she uses her imagination and creativity to create and invent um, a wholly new way to go places. So it's, it's, it is... Um, in the world of STEM and you know, science, technology, engineering, math, um, teachers use this book to get kids to understand that knowing, you know, following the directions is fine as a baseline, but then ultimately the, the real magic, the real, the real power comes from imagination, invention, innovation, and you know, creating the brand new thing. And, and I was thinking that, um, you know, in a way, Peter and I, um, you know, when we were raised in a very um, very prescriptive, uh, strict Catholic you know, family, and I think it actually wasn't. It didn't allow us the um, the you know staying staying in the kit um, was actually pretty easy. If you know Catholics who stay you know straight, you know just reading off the script and reading off the instruction package, um, you're you're not authentically participating, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not really taking advantage of the call to say. Look, God, God gave God gave us certain structures and certain signs and certain ways to tell the story and, and, and make meaning. But you know, this we need to use our creativity to navigate a way that's congruent with with us. And um, and we we've innovated the way that we ended up. I could, I could have gone you know the the uh, vocation seminary priest route, and I I actually you know stepped off that path and, and did it differently. And here we are using storytelling 
um, uh, to to move the world to a better place. So. Absolutely. And to give people faith, faith in themselves and, and the courage to, you know, I, we pray for, for courage and we pray for wisdom. And that's exactly what your storytelling and your books have delivered. I remember when Going Places first came out, um, I bought the book and I gave it to one of my daughters. She was graduating from high school and, uh, you know, just beginning her new journey in college and thinking such a powerful message, like think differently. You have all, you have everything you need inside of you, you know, and she loves that book, Paul, and she takes it with her. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm sure there are so many people that you've come across or that have reached out to you to tell both you and Peter how your books and your storytelling have changed them. Tell us a little bit more about, um, Dot Day. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Let's chat about that. Although, Karen, I, I love that. I think you, you touched upon something that's really important that I think is important for the listeners to understand that, you know, if you're, if you're digging in and looking at my work, Peter's work, Fable Vision's work, you, you could think that it is uh, that we design, that we write children's books. And, I, and that's an important point that we like to You make, do so much we, more. <laughs> right. They, they are picture books for all ages. Mm-hmm. And we truly think that the older you get, the more you understand the yes, story. Yes, indeed. And so I, that just gives me great joy to know that um, your daughter, you know, has that book. And I, everywhere I go across the country, you know, having these moments during book signings where adults are telling me how transformational and powerful the story was, and it was unlocking something inside of them. And it's a really sacred moment when people share that um, that that moment of discovery of truth and um, and the emerging courage that they start feeling. So it's uh, you know it's a it's a blessing for us mm. and for so many others. Yeah. So so dot day is that what we were going to? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's coming up. Is, yeah. The 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 other cool thing about our our work, our mission is that we can create stories, but our stories will just be a book on a shelf unless somebody picks them up and um, activates them. So we talk a lot about story activation, and it's a partnership. Our readers are our partners, the teachers, the librarians, um, and countless other sectors who, you know, kinds of people who pick up the books. Uh, when they pick them up and they localize and personalize them in their environment, it's just extraordinary things have happened. And The Dot is a great example of a book that was read by a teacher in Iowa in the middle of the cornfields of Iowa, reading to his students. And one of the students um, looked at the publishing date, which was September 15, 2003. And clever, clever student, as legend goes, um, asked, is that the birthday of the book? Hmm. And uh, their teacher, Mr. Shea, said that essentially he didn't know, but you know, how would they find out? So they went on a mission. They tracked Peter down through publisher and agent, and Peter said, yeah, that September 15th sounds like a great day for the birthday of the book. <laughs> as long as we can call it September 15th-ish, which is a nod to Peter's second book, in the Create Trilogy. So there's The Dot, Ish, and Sky Colors. The three books go together. 
Um, and so that year in 2009, a couple hundred kids and a couple dozen teachers celebrated Dot Day by making dots like the little girl in the book does, signing it like Vashti does in the book, and framing it in some, some, kind of, um, some kind of way to honor the art, and also saying how they, they would make their mark on the world. And that was not the end. It just started spreading. And in 2000, by 2011, there were 17,500 participants in about five or six states. And that year, we jumped in our nonprofit um, arm, which is the Reynolds Center for Teaching, Learning, and Creativity, Reynolds TLC, adopted the project Dot Day. And that year, we launched a site called the Dot Club .org. And that year, it jumped to 850,000 participants wow. in about 50 countries. And that's, that's a year it jumped to International Dot Day. And do they and just log on to the website and register? Yep, yep. So you can go. Everything is free. So the .club.org, uh, you just go on the site, register, um, you know, schools, libraries, individuals, homeschoolers. Um, anybody can participate. As soon as you register, you get a free downloadable guide on, you know, ideas on how to, to do Dot Day. And really, it's very open-ended. Um, and it is a, truly a joy and a blessing for us to see the multitude of ways that people have <laughs> I can imagine. From, you know, kids who are, you know, in preschool all the way up through, you know, staff at universities. Uh, we have, uh, actually, I was just chatting with the... Uh, the folks at AmeriCorps in Minnesota, I just spoke there a couple, uh, two weeks ago, you know, to, to a thousand AmeriCorps volunteers, literacy volunteers who are all talking about celebrating. So it, it doesn't matter what age, but it's, it's um, lovely that it's, it has wrapped around the globe and that whatever that universal um, you know, appetite, hunger, thirst for um, the, a way to figure out how do we blend creativity and learning more, you, you know, integrated in a, in a better way with, I'm happy to say, that, that, that sense of purpose. So you can create anything you want. You can, you, you can, yeah, you can be creative in not such a positive way. Um, and the, but you, using your creativity to, to make your, to mark on the world in a positive way is, is just uh, such a delight for us. And to see classrooms connecting all around the globe. And it's not just on the fifth, you know, the date, the 15th. It's, there are schools already starting to celebrate, you know, as of this, the recording today. And they'll be celebrating right through October. Um, and if you search hashtag dot day, um, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see the multitude of, of ways people celebrate. You know, you're you're living the true Ignatian spirit. We we tell students at Boston College to um, to give your education away and to others, and that's exactly what you and, and your staff uh, do. You know, each and every day. You mentioned uh, just a little bit ago about um, making sure that we find that quiet time um, so that we can hear the whispers, and, and we can just kind of listen. And um, how do you find that time, Paul, knowing, you know, you have three kids, even though they're, they're a little bit older, yep. it's a busy life, and, yep. and your wife, Janet, and then you have the, the Blue Bunny Bookstore, and Fable Vision just keeps growing and growing. How do you find that time? 
Um, it's it's a it is a good question, and it's um, um, leading leading an intentional life, knowing that 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 mindful space is important. Um, you know, we we keep revisiting it every year. Um, Peter and I actually take two days off a year, which that we call Twin Day, and we we take a time to just go off grid, undisclosed location. And I've been taking notes on on Twin Day for over 25 years. And it's kind of cool to, to look back. And it's time to unplug and just look at where have I been, where have we been over the last year, um, where are we going with projects, where do we want to be going. And that's, that's, that last question is the most important one, where do you want to be going. Mm-hmm. And, and quiet space for me um, is my garden, I have to say. Mm. I am a big gardener, and I love, I love just being out in the garden in the quiet, and for me, that is that is my sacred space, mm-hmm. and that is where I feel very um, close to to my faith and to the whisper, you know, the sound of the whisper. I, I think you do need to just be in that quiet, quiet space. So you're a farmer too. <laughs> I am. Yeah. What are you growing? <laughs> um, I am very excited about my tomatoes this year. You know. <laughs> There are plenty of them, big tomatoes, the little cherry tomatoes, and um, I, you know, zucchinis and uh, kale. It's, um, yeah, it brings me, brings me great joy. And of my three boys, my eldest, Josh, is my fellow gardener. And I, that, that is my, some of my most joyful moments. Mm. Just, Josh and I are out in the garden together and just tending, weeding, and we can be out there for an hour together, just silently, and we kind of know that 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 it's like a shared, a shared, shared silence. Space, yeah, that it's we're beautiful. both participating in something. It's very communal, and yet there are no words spoken. And I mm-hmm. just love that. Um, and the the other boys, not so much. So you know, <laughs> we all find our different. We all find our different ways to um, you know to find to find that quiet space. I see a, a, a story on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, Possibly. Karen, there there is there is a there are a couple of stories in the hopper about about uh, the garden. So Do tell. <laughs> stay, stay stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's for another God Pod, Paul. Yeah, exactly. For exactly. sure. Yeah. But um, we're just so grateful um, for all of your gifts, and and I truly mean that as as a friend. And of course, as as a BC alum, and, and all that you do, and and I know the opportunities that you've given so many um, young people. Not only, I mean, you've you've been teaching a class here at Boston College for how many years? Um, I I have to check with HR, but I think it it is probably around thirty years. So I think this might be my I might be launching my thirtieth year, and I and it is yeah now as of. Um, as of last year, I'm, I added two additional courses. So I teach field production, studio production. That's um, studio production in the fall, uh, field production in the spring, and I'm also teaching two digital storytelling classes as well. And it's, it's um, you know, as things have got busier in my life, you know, through the years, um, at, you know, I started teaching before I had kids. And... Um, 
as my life got busier, more complicated, and the company grew and family was growing, um, teaching probably was one of those things that I probably should have crossed off the list. It's just, I mean, it's just trying to get to the BC campus um, and protect Wednesday nights is right. my teaching night um, amidst all my speaking and traveling. Um, I, I decided not to because it really, it's so nourishing for me. And I love teaching media production and storytelling. But I have to say that those moments, especially near the end of the year, uh, it always happens that I get students coming to me and, um, you know, with a little bit of anguish, and maybe not a little bit, sometimes a lot of anguish, and confessing to me, they have, you know, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that those are some of the most gratifying moments for me, that if I can help them figure out, and I, I usually say, actually, you, you, you do have an idea, but let's map it out. And I actually go back to the North Star book, and I have yeah. a constellation mapper. It's a little, um, it's a little printout that I use to help them understand what are the stars in your constellation that are shining brightly for you. And let's just see can we connect them in some way. Love and that. you know, would that would that give a hint about what what your direction is? So, and then ultimately at, at the end of every single class, when I wrap up, I let them know that they get the Reynolds Lifetime Guardian Angel Guarantee that I am, you're not just taking a course with me, you're intersected with my life. And I'm going to be there for the longest, as long as you need me, as long as I breathe my last breath, um, that you can always, you know, loop back and turn you know, to me for help. And, um, and the, the look of wonder on their faces that a teacher is telling them that, I think, you know, that brings me joy too. That, um, you know, that's, I think every class should come with that, that covenant, you know, and, and I know that to be true, Paul, because I know many students over the years that have taken your class and have stayed connected or, or found opportunities, you know, by, with your help and, and connecting the dots and, and just being able to say to them, go ahead, go ahead, create bravely. I mean, that's just such a gift. Um, as we wrap up, we always kind of close with this question. Um, we talked about the God of surprises. Um, where are you finding God lately? Um, I, I think the, um, I, I might have made reference to it earlier. Uh, I find it um, in the, those moments when, we're do, when I'm doing a book signing and people come to me and you know, there's some people who will sign a book, sign it, push it to the side, and and get the next person up. And I have those moments of connection where I am seeing uh, people share that 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 sacred space of discerning who they are and sharing it with me. So I feel like that is a moment where uh, the divinity of uh, that amazing human being the creative potential is beginning to emerge and sometimes with tears rolling down their eyes that mm. they're allowed to share that. And that to me is, um, is, is a real, is a real blessing. And I, I would say sort of in a broader sense, especially right now with all of the, um, you know, the challenges that ch- church is facing in the face of uh, the scandals and, and people's, you know, faith is being shaken. I, I, for the people who, Understand that um, that it is worth staying 
in the fight, you know, yeah. in the game. Um, there, it's like a, it's the threat stress test, and you kind of don't know like how deep your faith is until you're truly being tested. Right. And you know, the number of you know really powerful conversations that I've had with people who, um, despite despite the challenges that they're facing and 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 conversations around around us that they're they're sticking with it and I think that that that's a you know inspiration for me yeah that's I mean thank you for that Paul thank you for that I want our listeners to know too that um, on our c21engage.org website we will also have all the links um, to the books and to Fable Vision and to Dot Day and and all the many gifts that you share with the world. And again, thank you so much for being part of our conversation. And um, I think our team was correct when we said that we we had the right conversation partner to to <laughs> yeah. really take a look at at God working in our imagination and God working in your imagination and uh, and uh, through stories. So thank you again, Paul. Great. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate it. For more Catholic faith resources, follow us at bc.edu backslash c21 or via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>